Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. How are you doing? The world feels pretty eerie, right? Businesses of all kinds have shuttered due to the coronavirus pandemic. For small companies, this could be a catastrophic moment. And that's our focus today. Joining me are Eileen Rodriguez, Regional Director of Florida Small Business Development Center at USF, and Alsace Valentine. She's owner of Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg. Eileen and Alsace, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Eileen, I'll start with you. There's so much we don't know about the economic effect of the pandemic, and the fact that so many businesses have closed down is uh, part of measures to stop this from spreading. Just in your conversations with small business owners so far, what have you heard about some of the effects? We've seen a lot of small businesses affected by this. Um, we get, we've been getting a lot of phone calls at our office, and um, at this point, obviously, we're not physically there, so we're we're retrieving messages. And the messages that we're hearing um, from these small business owners, they're they're worried, they're panicked, they're very sad uh, because they've had to either completely close their doors simply because there's no business coming in or they've been mandated to do so, or they've re- uh, drastically reduced their income because of um, very poor turnout to their businesses. Alsace, how is it affecting you right now? Well, we are just working really hard. <laughs> We're working more hours than normal. Um, we have an online platform that has been in place for quite a while, which carries which lists all books in print. So folks have been transitioning their, we closed our sales floor, our browsing sales floor. So folks are browsing on the website and placing orders. So we've basically shifted from being um, a brick and mortar event space to a book distribution service doing more deliveries locally, more mail outs and curbside pickups. So. Um, it's it's forced us to, um, you know, just rethink what we're doing constantly and long hours. <laughs> so that's one of the big changes. Oh, it sounds like you had to do a bit of improvising there uh, because, as you said, uh, you're not really set up to do that. You're more like a traditional brick-and-mortar store. What did you have to sit down and think about as you made this transition? Well, you know, we just opened our brick and mortar in December after being a pop-up bookstore for two years. So, I mean, we were so lucky because we actually already did have all of these things in place. We had our downtown delivery service that we had been doing previously. We had our website going previously. Um, So we just had to sit down with our staff and figure out how to keep them Um, employed while we do this, how to shift our scheduling with the staff, how to keep them safe, how to keep our customers safe. Um, And 
something else I was going to say that I just forgot. <laughs> um, so it's just a matter of, you know, staying calm, doing things that we that we have done in the past, making sure that folks know that we have the online service. So that's what we're kind of scrambling to do. Um, the other thing that we are working hard on is we've had to postpone our author events. And so we're working on ways to, you know, looking into the future since we don't know how long this will be going on. Um, what kind of virtual events can we do? What kind of like book clubs through the Zoom platform or Facebook Live? Um, how we can stay engaged with our authors and our readers, our local readers and booksellers across the country without being able to be uh, personally, literally face to face anymore. How many employees do you have? Um, well, there's myself. Uh, my wife is a co-owner. Um, uh, mother-in-law is bookkeeper, and then we have four other booksellers as well, part-time. So you've been able to keep everyone on during this time? Thus far, yes, absolutely. Eileen, if you look at the economy before the coronavirus crisis, unemployment was at record lows. You had wage growth, though we should always mention when we talk about wages in the Tampa Bay region that they generally lag the uh, national average in other metro areas. But does the fact that the, the fundamentals were so strong going into this, is it going to soften the blow in any way as we really start to wrap our heads around what the long-term effects are going to be? So, you know, one of the things I think that small businesses really need to think about as they're moving forward, um, and obviously it was just mentioned, you know, they're, they're retooling, they're reinventing, which is a wonderful thing for entrepreneurs. They, they are so nimble on their feet, and they can do that, uh, much more so than, than the larger corporations who have a lot of bureaucracy and obviously just can't pivot on a dime, which small businesses can certainly do. So, so it'll be, I think, really interesting to see how they innovate and, in order to keep their folks on staff. Um, unfortunately, some people have not been able to do that, and they've had to let go quite a number of, uh, of employees. We've, we've been reading about that in the newspaper. I've been listening to that in, in the stories that people um, tell us, um, our staff, as they're, as they're trying to apply for these emergency bridge loans. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, if these small businesses survive past the coronavirus, um, they'll be able to, to hire some fairly high-quality employees that are going to be out there looking for, for positions. Alsace, anything you want to add to what Eileen just said? Well, um, booksellers across the country, we're, we are members of the American Booksellers Association, so I've been keeping in touch with bookstore owners that I know, that I've known for years across the country, and um, it's a very, very, very scary time for many bookstores who, with bookselling, there's an incredibly slim profit margin because it's an interesting retail business because the price is printed on the book. So unlike other businesses, you can't set the price. So you're, you're already dealing in a, in a limited, restricted way with your main product. Um, and so I know a lot of folks who are really struggling, um, who've had to shut down their sales floor, who have limited online business. Um, and so, you know, we're just communicating frequently with all of them, sharing all of the best ideas, um, 
staying positive is a really good foundation for all of this, but it's, it's certainly hard. What's the most frustrating thing you've had to deal with? Well, honestly, folks who haven't quite, I think, who are in a bit of denial, maybe not quite taking it seriously yet, who, uh, you know, it, it catches us off guard when we have to say, hey, um, you know, keep a safe distance and please understand that we can't have the sales floor open right now. Um, that, that was just a, a, a bit surprising, um, you know, even yesterday. <laughs> but. I, I think it's that people are totally in shock and, um, and and don't want to admit the situation that we're in. Um, but but really, that's that's very minor. I, I'm not I'm not struggling with those with with frustrations. We're we're just trying trying to stay positive and and get enough sleep at night. Eileen, what are some of the frustrations that you're hearing from small businesses? This weekend, I um, went to a local restaurant in my in my neighborhood, in my town, and um, sat down and spoke with the owner. And she was really very visibly upset. She owns two restaurants, one in Florida, one outside of Florida. She was hoping um, that the Florida restaurant would sustain the business overall because the, the restaurant that's outside of Florida shut down a week before she had to shut down hers here. And so she was hoping this one would would help the business overall. However, on Friday, she had to, you know, shut down the doors. Um, and she's only doing takeout. But what she's told me is that, uh, unfortunately, her takeout business is not doing well either, simply because people are hungry, hunkering down at home. And she mentioned that she's got to pay rent on the 4th of April, and she's really not sure how she's going to do that. So um, she let go all of her employees. It's just herself, the cook, and and her daughter who were managing the business, the Florida restaurant now. So um, she's she's just very doesn't really know what to do. Every day it's something new, and she's just not really sure what to do next. If you're just joining us, this is Florida Matters on WUSF. I'm Bradley George. Today, we're talking about the impact of coronavirus on small business with Eileen Rodriguez of the Florida Small Business Development Center at the University of South Florida and Alsace Valentine of Tombolo Books. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George, talking today with Eileen Rodriguez of the Florida Small Business Development Center at USF and Alsace Valentine of Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg. Eileen, could you walk me through some of the assistance that's available for small businesses right now? Certainly. So um, during normal times, um, the Small Business Development Center is available to help small businesses with any aspect of their business. You know, the SBDC at USF has been around for over 40 years, and we've been assisting small businesses for that long. And we help them in a variety of topics, whether it's marketing, government contracting, access to capital, exporting, accounting, business planning. Um, And we do that through no-cost confidential one-on-one consultations as well as low-cost training seminars. Unfortunately, right now, we're not um, doing our training seminars due to the fact that, obviously, um, the social distancing uh, rules are, 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 in, 
are applying. However, we are still doing our one-on-one consultations. We're simply doing those online and via telephone. So um, small businesses obviously still have us as a resource, um, and, and we're asking them to reach out because now more than ever is really when they need us to be able to assist them. The SBDC at the Florida level, at the, the state network, is the entity that is actually facilitating all of the um, Florida Small Business Emergency Bridge Loans. So we've been very, very active with that bridge loan program. We've seen in the Tampa Bay area, again, my, my office covers 10 counties. We've received um, over 1,000 requests for assistance just last week via phone and via email. And what do those bridge loans allow businesses to do? So these bridge loans are short-term loans. They're zero-interest loans, and they're very quick to obtain. So what it, what it does is it gives that business an injection of cash just when they need it. So we've done this in the past with Irma, with the different hurricanes with Irma, with um, Ermine, and we just recently we did it with the red tide. So any small business that is, is undergoing any type of economic damage, in this case it's not physical because we weren't hit by a hurricane, but they're still experiencing economic damage, they can apply for these loans. There are certain criteria for a small business to um, apply. They need to maintain a place of business in the state of Florida because this is a Florida-based loan. They have to have been in business since, since at least March the 8th. And they have to have anywhere from 2 to 100 employees on payroll. So those are the, the main criteria for a small business in order to apply for the Small Business Emergency Bridge Loan Program. Alsace, have you considered applying for any sort of assistance for your bookstore? We have um, been looking into the bridge loans and applying for those, yes. Eileen, there's a lot of talk in Washington right now about a stimulus package to help the U.S. economy. And uh, I wonder if you were part of those discussions in Washington, those negotiations over what that uh, package is going to look like, what would you like to see included in there? Well, Right now at the federal level, they actually do have um, a program that's currently helping small businesses. They just activated that program last Thursday, I believe. It's um, through the Small Business Administration. It's called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. And through that particular program, um, businesses can qualify for up to $2 million loans. These are not interest-free. They are low interest, however. Um, They're at 3.75% percent interest rates for 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 for-profit businesses and 2.75 percent for nonprofits. This is great. However, I really do envision that they're going to need to do a little bit more. Every small business is being affected by this, not just one, two, or three. I mean, uh, usually when a hurricane hits Florida, it's a time-limited problem. The hurricane comes in, it hits us, it goes away, and then we start recovering. We can't start recovering yet. We don't even know when we're going to start recovering. So, so we're going to definitely need to see a little bit more coming out of the federal government in order to really help these small businesses in the long haul. Alsace, if you could shape what the stimulus is going to look like, what would you include? Well, uh, folks um, are, you know, it's so frustrating thinking about the rent situation. Um, the landlords have bills that they need to pay. Um, 
And I think there's just so much more cooperation that can be happening if we are looking at the big picture, not looking at um, extravagant profits, but looking at functionality. You know, what is the bottom line to keep everything moving? We could be helping each other if we are cooperating more. So some guidance in that direction is what I, is, is what I think a lot of people need. Reading is one of the things you can do pretty well in uh, social isolation. So I was wondering, Alsace, what sort of books are people uh, requesting or, or buying from you right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, people are needing homeschooling materials for their children. So activity books and easy, like early reading, learning um, nonfiction books for their kids, gardening books, self-sufficiency books, spiritual books, uh, distracting books for entertainment to break away from this. Um, people are buying history books, um, all kinds of things. <laughs> and gift cards. A lot of folks are asking if they can purchase gift cards because they're looking for ways to help keep the little bookstore here and going. Um, so that is a way that the public can be helping all kinds of businesses is um, infusing with a little bit of extra cash for a gift card that doesn't expire. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because there was a story uh, from NPR's Planet Money team about how gift cards are uh, kind of like phantom loans for businesses. And that's actually one of the things that might help small businesses in the long term if people buy gift cards. Absolutely. 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 It's it's cash, you know, right now and we can deliver on it later. Um, you know, you can think of it as doing a little Christmas shopping early, buy those gift cards now. <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful. Eileen, what are business owners needing? What sort of goods or services are they requesting right now from the ones you've talked to? So right now what business owners are, are really needing is guidance on how to keep their employees if they still have their employees and they have not laid them off. Um, they're looking for resources, um, much like CareerSource, who can perhaps give them some guidance as to what to do with their workforce. They're looking for guidance on how to deal with their um, upcoming accounts payables. How are they going to pay all of these bills that they've got? Um, they're looking for guidance and just basically on how to keep this business going, how to keep it running so that they don't have to close their doors completely and finally. You said something interesting earlier, Eileen. You mentioned that we don't know when the end date of this is. You know, with a hurricane or a natural disaster, it's here and it's gone. And then, you know, you can start to pick up the pieces from it. So I'm, I'm wondering, how much more difficult does it make your job knowing that this is a situation that could go on for months or maybe even the rest of the year? Yes, this is really the key factor here. Um, our small businesses just don't know what to do. When Even when it comes to applying for the bridge loan, there is a question on the application that says, you know, what what is the time of the disaster? Well, it, they're still in it. And so it's really hard for them to even fathom how long this is going to take. And of course, the longer it, it goes on, the worse it is for these small businesses. As we've seen in the news every day, different um, cities and towns and states are going into lockdown, and that's going to even more um, going to really hinder their operations. If, if God forbid, if Florida actually goes into lockdown, if the Tampa Bay area goes into lockdown, so so they're they're really just 
going day by day, maybe even hour by hour, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Alsace, any thoughts on that? Um, I was just thinking while I was listening to Eileen, one of the things that at least a couple of the main publishing houses are doing is helping independent bookstores by delaying the billing by an extra nice chunk of time to help us get through because they know that on the other side of this, they're not going to do well if we're not here. So um, they're able to offer delayed billing, um, which is wonderful. Um, And of course, again, speaking with landlords, coming up with creative ways that we can that we can all get through this. I think landlords, you know, if they have loans on their properties, they can ask for a delay in the loan so that they can then extend a delay to their tenants or, or have the tenants um, tack on maybe next month's rent onto the end of the lease is something that, an idea that I've heard. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of creative spirit in St. Petersburg, I have to say, and, um, and I think we're, we're gonna get through this. Is the landlord issue something that you're facing right now? I mean, I don't own my building. <laughs> I rent. So certainly it's an issue that we and we're in we're in good close contact with our landlord. Um, and so, you know, I think that's very important to have a good relationship with your landlord. And uh, by good, I mean, you know, pretty constant maintaining so that everyone knows what's going on from from week to week, month to month with your finances. It's interesting. You know, it's like we're learning how the U.S. economy really works, how all these different uh, chains are interconnected. Yeah, totally. It's it's fascinating. Eileen, is there a deadline that these small businesses face to get these bridge loans or federal assistance? So right now there is a deadline for the state bridge loan program, and that is May the 8th. So people will need to get their, their applications in by May the 8th. Um, at this point, I do not know that there is a, a deadline for the SBA, federal SBA loan. What other resources are, are out there beyond the bridge loans? I know you've talked about some of the advice and other things that you offer through your organization, but are there any other resources, maybe if there's small business owners who are listening to this conversation right now, uh, that they could take advantage of? Yes, small business owners need to take advantage of every single resource that's out in the community right now. So um, there are many, many organizations uh, within our communities um, that will do no-cost or very low-cost assistance. And again, it just depends on what that business needs. But for example, for Hispanic-owned businesses, for Spanish-owned, Spanish-speaking businesses, um, Prospera is available. They they also do very similar work that to, to what we do, um, but they really help the Hispanic community in particular. And if you need assistance in um, Spanish-speaking um, consultation, they are they are there for that. And they also have um, a team of of partners that they work with to provide low-cost services, whether they're legal or accounting, things of that nature. So that's a great resource for for small businesses. Um, the SBA also has another a resource called SCORE, which they're also available. SCORE folks are um, are retired executives, and they are volunteers. So um, always go to the SCORE uh, chapter closest to you, and uh, hopefully you can connect with them. 
again, everybody's doing everything remotely, so just um, all I'm going to ask small business owners is to have some patience with us. Um, we're trying to, all, all of the resource partners, we're all trying to work as quickly as we can. Uh, we've, we've been working very, very long hours, working over the weekend, just trying to get to every single business owner that's, um, that's asked for help. So, so, again, just bear with us. We're getting to you as fast as we possibly can. Alice Hayes, right quick, I, I know that you mentioned you were talking to other independent bookstores out there. Uh, are there any other resources? Is there anyone else that you're leaning on or reaching out to as you try to navigate your way through this? Well, the one thing I wanted to say that um, is really heartening and helpful is the different businesses, the different people in the immediate community helping each other, the different folks in the bookselling community helping each other. Um, I just heard yesterday that one of the major publishers took out a huge full-page ad in, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, that was specifically promoting independent bookstores, which which raised my spirits very much. Um, One of the things that we're doing when we go around doing our deliveries is we're going to start, we, we have a stash of books that we're able to donate, and we're going to start making sure all those little free libraries that are around neighborhoods in front of people's houses are fully stocked with, with books. Um, so just, yeah, keeping an eye out on, on helping each other. That's Alsace Valentine of Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg. We also heard from Eileen Rodriguez, the Regional Director for the Florida Small Business Development Center at USF. Alsace, Eileen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Bradley. Thank you. And full disclosure, our Florida Matters producer once worked at Tombolo Books. On the next Florida Matters, I talk with David Brancaccio, host and senior editor of the Marketplace Morning Report and a longtime fixture in public broadcasting, reporting on business and related issues. I recently sat down with him at an event in St. Petersburg. This was in early March to discuss his Econ Extra Credit project, and what a Cornell University researcher learned makes some Americans more susceptible to financial fraud. It was a great conversation, and uh, we'll be able to listen to it next week. Today's show was produced by Denora Prevost with help from Mary Shedden. Blake Bass is our engineer. Florida Matters is a production of WUSF Public Media. If you missed part of the show or want to listen again, you can find the Florida Matters podcast at WUSFnews.org. I'm Bradley George. Thanks for listening. Join us again next week.